you only have so much time. And you have a big assignment. I want the entire world to hear the gospel in my generation. I want every person on this planet to be saved. We open God's Word today together to be subject to it, to be taught by it, to be instructed. Let's go. What you're saying right now is, how did we get here? Well, because people do not believe in the sufficiency of Scripture. Is ultimately, that's where it is. Yep. Being Reformed is more than just affirming the five solas. It's more than just affirming Tula. No one is outside the reach of Christ and His blood. If we are truly Reformed, there should be a sanctification, a desire to be sanctified by Christ, by holding onto as tight as we can the one who makes us white as snow. You can no more born yourself again than you born yourself the first time. Just so that you guys don't think we're just pulling stuff out of our cans here. What's going on, guys? Uh, Matter of Theology coming to you. Little bonus episode. Chris had uh, had, had some, some things he wanted to, to go over in Revelation 4. Just about uh, worship in heaven? Is that what you wanted to discuss? Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, so often uh, there's a great article um, out there um, that I recently found, and and I I shared it on my social uh, media platforms uh, that I have, and um, I shared it in our uh, Matter of Theology Facebook page. I think I did the one about how contemporary worship is shaping us. Mm. Is it for good or bad? I think so. Did I? If I didn't, I will. Um, yeah, and, just share it anyway. Just yeah, to, yeah, yeah. I'll just, just share it again. Sure. I mean, and and, and um, it's it's uh, it, it is not uh, it is not a dig against contemporary worship. For crying out loud, I'm a worship director, worship leader, worship pastor, whatever you want to look. I <laughs> I I, uh, I I I became a believer. Um, in 2000, and that was right uh, when the quote-unquote worship wars were going on as far as contemporary versus traditional, and um, interestingly enough, a lot of those wars are still going on. Uh, I am not against contemporary music, and and, uh, and, and neither is this article. It's just a, it's just a good reminder of what the but the contemporary music and contemporary quote-unquote worship world, um, how it has shaped and affected us for better or for worse. Um, and it's written by a guy named Matt Merker, who is a songwriter and um, uh, uh, an elder in his church. And it's, uh, it's, he's, it's just very well written. And he's, it's more like a book review that he wrote. But anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll post it. We'll share it. Um, maybe um, AG can put it on the uh, description to this podcast as well. Put the link in there, and then mm-hmm. you can just click on it and read it. Um, but all of that being said, all of that runaround and long-windedness to say that um, it was just a great reminder um, to really stop and think about what we're doing and remember that um, when we come to worship God, it's not about what we get out of it. Uh, I'm going to read a quote. Uh, this is by Dr. Steve Lawson. And he says this, he says, Worshippers are primarily givers to God, rendering to Him glory and honor and thanks. They never come with self-preoccupation for what they can get out of Him, but with the selfless intent to give God the praise He alone deserves. And so I think it's important for us, um, all of us, myself included, Please hear me say that. I'm going to say it again. Myself included, just to put that out there, that we don't come, uh, we don't gather together as the saints on Sundays 
Uh, if you're uh, ever at an event during the week, you know, uh, at our church we do um, a Wednesday night event for students. Um, uh, we have rehearsal on Thursdays. Um, and, and even then, uh, one, of, one of my admonishments to all of us, and you've been a part of it, yeah. uh, I've said let's not let this become just, hey, we're just trying to get this down musically, but let's not miss um, what we're singing. Let's not miss who we're singing to. Um, because uh, we, we should never give the Lord lip service. And in my opinion, we should never take these songs, these, these songs, especially the songs with such rich, rich theology behind them and in them, um, and, and approach them in a way that's mechanical or um, that's just flippant. And, and, and I think that's the, that's the beauty of, uh, um, that, that's one of the pros Right, there are pros and cons to everything you do, but that's one of the pros to singing hymns, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's modern hymns or hymns written hundreds of years ago, mm-hmm. is is that typically there's a lot of great theology in there. Mm-hmm. And John MacArthur says that your worship will only go as high as your theology goes deep. Yeah. Um, I mean, going back to those hymns, if you're singing songs like hymns where you've actually got to pay attention to the word, I mean, it causes you to stop and think. Mm-hmm. Think about what you're saying. Think about what you're singing to God. Right. This isn't just let me turn off my mind and escape and be in the moment, mm-hmm. right, emotionally. Right. This is time for me to engage my mind in, in what's actually taking place and who God is and who I'm singing to. Well, and, um, you know, flipping over to uh, the book of Romans, um, and, and you, you actually... Uh, gave a, a sermon on this uh, this week, um, you know, but when you look at what, what Paul, um, uh, and I'm about to embark on a study of Romans, and I can't wait. I've been wanting, wanting to for a while, but um, uh, one of the things that, uh, that I, was, I was started listening to Martin Lloyd-Jones unpacking Romans yesterday, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and he, he starts his study, and by the way, he has like 15 sermons just on Romans 1, 1 alone. Yeah, um, and, uh, but he starts it by saying that, 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 that an important thing to notice is where Romans is in the canon of Scripture, how it's right after the book of Acts, which is the story, the narrative story of how the church began, the, the, the church after Christ, right? And so it's, it's no coincidence that the book of Romans is next in line uh, because then it really digs into doctrine, and, uh, and then holy living. But, but Romans 12, uh, starting in verse 1, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Um, so right there, you could spend a lot of time talking about that, the mercy of God through the gospel of Jesus Christ, which um, uh, if you've listened to our uh, episodes on Christology and Order Salutis, if you haven't listened to them, um, but there you go. Present your bodies because of what Christ has done. We realize that we are, as, as l- earlier in Romans, we are no longer slaves to sin, but slaves to righteousness. Mm-hmm. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Um, well, there it is right there. The Apostle Paul's laying out worship is not just an event. Mm-hmm. It's not just a portion of a gathering um, uh, the, of, of, of the saints where you sing to God and then you know, we have our worship and then we have our, our, our time in the Word. And then, no, this is saying right here, um, if you need a proof text, which I'm not, I, I'm not a big fan necessarily of proof texts by themselves. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of the count, whole counsel of God, themes and all. Um, but there it is, that worship is everything you do. That's right. Colossians 3.17, whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name mm-hmm. of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's to take place throughout our bodies. Correct. Paul is using that term to express that is the totality of ourselves. Correct. So not just, not just our voice and what we sing, but our minds and what we think, our eyes and what we see, ears, what we hear, yeah. our, our feet and the places that we go, our hands and what we put our work to, uh, the totality yeah. of ourselves yeah. is to be given over to God as a sacrifice in worship. Yeah, and, and, and notice there that, I mean, there, what else he says, your, your bodies as a living sacrifice, and that's, that's a wonder, it's, it's the totality of who you are. But, but notice the qualifiers there. Notice what, what, what Paul 
is saying holy and acceptable to God, which means that the way we worship matters. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, we, we already did a podcast on this. Mm-hmm. Reckless love is reckless worship. That's right. Um, and again, if you haven't listened to that one, go listen to it. Uh, God cares about how he is worshiped. And, and, and this, this section of this verse uh, it just, just proves that, holy and acceptable to God, mm-hmm. meaning that there is a standard. That's right. There is a standard, and we've been given the ability to hit that standard mm-hmm. through the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, so that, that's your spiritual worship. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and so, so the idea of sacrifice... Paul's playing on the Old Testament law, yeah. the, which the ceremonial laws yeah. were about worship, coming to worship God. Mm-hmm. And Nick talked about it when he talked about if your if your sacrifice had a ganked up ear, right? Yeah. If, it, if it had a broken leg, but you were to give your best mm-hmm. in sacrifice. You weren't to give the lame. You keep the lame for yourself, and you give the best to God. That's that's convicting, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, and and I'm I'm looking down here at my uh, we're reading out of the the uh, English Standard uh, version today, and uh, most of the time we are. Um, uh, I in in one of the notes here it says your spiritual, which is your spiritual worship, or your rational service. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's unpack that for a second. Um, uh, yes, we bring God our best. Okay, uh, and, and I've been guilty of it. Everybody has. Anybody who has called themselves a believer in Christ has been guilty of not bringing our best. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll get into that as far as what is and what is not worship in a little bit. But rational service. It really does kind of lead into the next verse here. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. Uh, because rational means in control, mm-hmm. not reckless. Right. Rational. Mm-hmm. Um do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your emotions. Is that what it says? No, I no. don't think so. By the renewal of your mind, that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, and here's that word again, acceptable and perfect. Um, and... Uh, and and it, that that perfect right there could also be translated in is in what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Mm-hmm. So again, Paul is affirming here that there's rationality behind it. That unlike uh, that, there are some some false teachers out there who will tell you to just take your mind out of it. Mm-hmm. It's not about your mind. It's about your your experience is elevated above the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all about what you can experience. It's not necessarily what's in the Bible. It's um it, it's not tempered by that. It's tempered by what's going on in the moment and in your heart and um and that's that is incorrect. God cares about how He is worshipped. Um, uh, going back to, to D. Martin Lloyd Jones, he also um, I've been on a, a and anybody who's talked to me or listened to now two or three of these episodes, uh, you've heard me quote him a lot. I'm yeah. I'm the Lord has opened my eyes to um, uh, to, to Dr. Martin Lloyd Jones, um, uh, and uh, one of the things that that he said in one of his sermons, he was walking through the book of John, or just a section of sec, sec, section of John, John 4. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's a book out there called Living Waters, um, and it's 56 sermons that have been transcribed, 56 sermons on John 4 alone. And um, But one of the things that he says in there is you can be praying and not worshiping God. Yep. You can be reading your Bible and not worshiping God. You can be singing songs to God and not worshiping God. Um, and and the, 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 the Hebrew word for worship that Jesus uses in John 4 with the woman, uh, the woman at the well is uh, the word worship literally means to bow down. Um, and we've all experienced that, right? I'm not saying anything that is, um, is revolutionary. I'm not saying anything that's, oh, man. You're 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 gonna be de- you're being divisive by saying that 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 you you can be reading the Bible and not worshiping God. No, I'm not. 
Um, I mean, I'm in school, and I have to go through the Bible, but I do it to fulfill an assignment, not right. necessarily to right. worship. Right, and and that's you know, uh, um, uh, and I've done that. I'm I'm, I'm studying First Peter right now with. Uh, with a couple that uh, that I have the privilege of marrying in May, and and uh, and uh, at the beginning of the year we we took a month and read uh, through all of Ephesians every day, uh, all all six chapters, and we've read through all five chapters of now we're we're almost through with uh, with thirty day or twenty eight days of of reading First Peter every day, mm. um, and admittedly there are times that I'm distracted, there are times that I'm not focused, there are times that. Um, that it's not, it's not that the word of God bores me. It's just, I am a human being and have 58 other things going on. And, 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 and unless I, um, am, am, am praying and focused, um, and it requires effort to, to, to focus, I can, I can really fly through it or read it and then not even remember what I just read. Um, instead of making that study time, making truly sit, sitting down and having to focus and go, God, I want this to assist in my bowing down, my worshiping of you. And, and, and we were just talking a few minutes ago, and one of the reasons that we decided to kind of do this spur of the moment was, um, uh, I mean, it's something that I've been, I've been studying personally and been praying through, but, you know, I just, I, and, I've, and I've said this to a couple people just in conversation, just through, through wise counsel and friends, and just kind of bounce some of my thoughts off, off of people is, is I just kind of feel like that, that worship has been the word. Yeah. yeah. Is, it's been hijacked. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been used so much that it's like an oversaturation of the word. And so, um, you know, there, there's, a, there's a very well-known uh, uh, psalm writer. I will call him that because he is, and the Lord has used him so, so mightily in my life personally. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I am not bashing him by saying, just using this as an example, but, um, and I'm not going to say who it is by name, um, um, but I mean, when I say what, what I'm about to say, you might guess, but, um, but he's doing a concert this year um, at the Red Rocks venue in Colorado. Isn't this in Colorado, right? Red Rocks? I think so. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry. But the whole thing is, is uh, the name of it is, you know, worship at Red Rocks. Um, you know, Worship Night America. He did a tour mm-hmm. um, a couple years ago for that, and 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 again, I'm not I'm not bashing him. I'm not at all. I love the man, and I I, I do. I had the privilege of of working underneath him for a couple of years, and 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 the Lord taught me so much by by being in a private setting with him, and mm-hmm. and how he poured into to the team that I was on. Um, uh, but it, but it's just it's just funny. It's just the, the word worship has become a noun um, instead of instead of an action um, that, that that we do. And I, and I know that this guy I'm talking about. I know that he doesn't feel that way. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I'm just yeah. it's just an example yeah. of, of 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 what has happened. And so um, so then when we well, that's what you you've got to take that word and apply it to these right. things in order for people to come get involved. Right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. And I'm not. I'm not saying that it's necessarily a bad thing. It's because it gets people. It lets people know what it should be about. Right. It lets people know what's going to be going on and what should be happening. But we just need to be very careful to. Um, and I think I think I said this in in, in the podcast that we did on Reckless Love, uh, uh, Reckless Love, Re- Reckless Worship. I, you know, you can you can have. Uh, and I, I've been there. I've been there where I'm in the moment. My hands are are raised. Right there's a there's a physical expression happening. Um, but if I'm being really honest, I mean really honest. And as as Steve Lawson was saying, taking my self preoccupation out of it, and my own preferences, and my own style, and my own concern. If I'm being really honest, there've been a lot of times where I thought I was worshiping. Mm. But I was what I was doing, um, as again going back to Martin Lloyd Jones, ta- walking through John four, um, I, I was just worshiping a feeling that I had about God. Yeah. So ultimately, I was worshiping myself. Right. And that happens a lot. And and so why? Why? I mean, that's another reason why it's so important to worship in spirit and in truth. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Well, so before you start going into Revelation four, the passage in. Romans 12, why we come to give our bodies as a living sacrifice is explained in chapter 11, verse 36. And that mm, is, for yeah, from him, 
Christ, for from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. That is why we give our bodies a living sacrifice. Mm-hmm. That, that, that is so important. Um, and, uh, I mean, we, we kind of, we, we kind of referenced that a little bit when we, in the, in the episode we just recorded with, uh, glory clouds. Yeah. I just wanted to read. Um, and if you are in a place where you can open up your scripture and read along with us, please do. Um, if, uh, whether that's, uh, hopefully, you know, you have a physical Bible, uh, there with you, but, uh, if you've got an app on your phone, uh, that's got the Bible, open it up and read along with us because we're going to read Revelation 4. Go ahead. Or if you're like David Miller and you just have it memorized. Right, right. If you've got the book of Revelation memorized, man, hats off to you. I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Um, uh, but this is, this is the picture that John saw, uh, that the Lord uh, allowed John to see of what is happening in heaven as we as we speak, as you listen, um, and and so we just we just want to read this and just just kind of unpack it, just 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 a little bit of it. it. Says after this, I looked and behold, a door standing open in heaven, and the first voice which I heard speaking to me, like a trumpet, said, "Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this." At once I was in the spirit. And behold, a throne stood in heaven with one seated on the throne. And he who sat there had the appearance of jasper and carnelian. And around the throne was a rainbow that had the appearance of an emerald. Around the throne were 24 thrones. And seated on the thrones were 24 elders, clothed in white garments with golden crowns on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder. And before the throne were burning seven torches of fire, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was, as it were, a sea of glass like crystal. Around the throne, on each side of the throne, are four living creatures, full of eyes front and behind. The first living creature like a lion, the second living creature like an ox, the third living creature with the face of a man, and the fourth living creature like an eagle in flight. And the, and the four living creatures, each one of them with six wings, and are full of eyes all around them within. And day and night they never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne saying, worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they existed and were created. So that's a picture. That's a word picture of what worship in heaven looks like. And and really, if we're being if we're being gut level honest, like that's what our worships our worship services should should contain elements that we find here. Um. And. Uh, um, and one of the first things I think of is the, um, the 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 worship of the thrice holy God. Um, you know, they're not saying love, love, love. They're not saying um, high, high, high. Uh, they're they're saying holy, set apart. Holy, set apart. Holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is. And is to come, and not to reference this again. But when you see in in the charismania that happens, the supposed glory clouds that come down, and they're they're they they start out like smoke. And um, you know, you sent me a video last night where somebody was talking about this, and it starts out like this gray smoke, and then the closer you get it, it's like gold glitter, gold dust. Um, 
and uh, and then and then people are just absolutely losing their minds, celebrating, clapping, screaming, and when you when you look at what these living creatures, these angels that we and, and we see a picture of these angels in Isaiah six, mm-hmm. right? Look at the response. There's reverence. There's a holy fear. There's bowing down. There is casting of crowns at his feet. There, there, uh, th- there is not this, this vague um, celebration of clapping. Uh, we would hide our eyes if we were ever to be, not if, when, as, as his elect, when glorification happens, when we become before the throne of God, it is to be a reverent act. So just because in our worship services we're lifting our hands, and I've done it, and I still do it, and will still do it, doesn't necessarily mean that, that I'm worshiping that thrice holy God. Right. Um, that there are different postures of worship, and I, and I wasn't really planning on getting into all of that right now. And you see that through the book of Psalms, and you see that here. Um, there are times when it's raising up of holy hands. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of times, and you see that in Scripture, it's, 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 it's during prayer. Prayer, right. Um, you know, so, uh, so yeah, man, I just, uh, when, when you look at this, it's, 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 it's these, these living creatures, these 24 elders, um, you know, they aren't coming with preoccupation. Their only response is to fall down and bow down before the Lord, casting their crowns at His feet. And I know you and I were kind of talking about that yesterday. Yeah, um, it, it, that this th- thing always strikes me as bizarre when I hear it, and that is because there's people that are close to me, very close, uh, who believe that we are working towards obtaining different types of crowns. Like that's our purpose is to work to obtain these crowns, and then once we get up to heaven, we're going to receive all of our many crowns. Right. And I think, why, why are you working to obtain a crown? That's, that's not your purpose. You, that's centered on yourself. Not to mention, say you do receive a ton of crowns, they will be on your head for a quarter of a millisecond before you're throwing them before the throne of God. Well, and, and any any crowns that that we receive, any rewards, right? That, that's that's what the crowns are in, in heaven are, are representative right, of right. of rewards for um, obedience and holy living and the work that we've done in His name for His glory. Let's put that, that put that out there. It's not not to draw attention to ourselves, right. but they are crowns that He has given and that He is responsible for, and um, and 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 rewards that we that He has given us. Mm-hmm. But in response to his holiness, we cast it all down at his feet. Right. There's constantly in me, there's constantly that 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 wrestle, that wrestling of Lord, I I do not deserve the blessings that you've shown me. I do not deserve I've seen your favor, and that is for your glory, truly, because I what what wretched man am I? Um and that that is that is truly um truly how I feel. Um so so when we when we our, our worship services and our own personal worship, um, you know, it's not about. Uh, and, and and I've 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 struggled with this in the past as well. There've been times that I've um, gone into you know been a been a part of a church and and knowing the people that are leading. Um, unfortunately, just seeing you know, and anybody who's been in ministry, you've seen the what what can be the ugly side of ministry, and um, and that is the fact that we're all sinner all sinners saved by grace, right? Um, that we're we're all still wrestle with that that the flesh, and sometimes the flesh comes out, and so, um, uh, you know, going back to what I was saying about studying Peter, I never I'm never bored reading God's word. I'm never weary reading God's word. It is always something that I enjoy doing and studying. But you know, doing ministry, you you, in in dealing with people, you it, it can be it can be a wearying thing, um, 
you know, and, and sometimes knowing that and then having those people that you may be, may be struggling uh, with in a, re- in a relationship. And let, let's be real, that happens. We each have our differences. Yeah. And sometimes those yeah. differences are hashed out in the flesh instead of, instead of in the spirit and, mm-hmm. and biblically. And, and we've all been guilty of responding or reacting instead of responding. Um, you know, but there have been times I've been a part of churches and, and, and that's happened. And then they, these people go to lead worship. And I'm just like, I just, I don't believe you. And, um, and there was a church that, that we were at, and uh, this is right after my wife and I got married, and, and we're at an evening service, and man, I'm standing there, but I can't, I, 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 I'm not singing. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what's, what's wrong? You know, come on, like, why aren't you worshiping? And I'm just like, I, I am, I'm praying that the Lord would help me get outside of myself. <laughs> and I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm earnestly earnestly just just begging and pleading the lord to help me work this out and um and and ultimately in that moment i was in sin because i was making it about me mm-hmm. and we all do that yeah. but we have to and i said this in our other podcast we have got to remember what worship who worship is about yes. and what it's for mm-hmm. and it's not us okay great so what so you go into a church and they don't play any hymns at all so what? You go into a church and that's all they're playing, and it's not popular and it's not contemporary. Mm-hmm. Guess what? It's not about us. That's right. It's not about me. It's not about you. Right. It's it's about Him and giving Him praise and bowing down before Him and remembering that the Father is seeking those who will worship Him in spirit and in truth. That's right. One of the uh, when we when you dig into Scripture, you you find this thread that everything in Scripture points to Christ. Yeah. What makes our faith meaningful is the object of our faith. Amen. What makes our worship meaningful is the object of our worship. Hmm. Therefore, whenever we come to worship, we have to, like, not just think about it, but we must cast ourselves aside and remember who we are lifting up. And that is the God of the universe who by his grace we are even saved to begin with and and are brought into uh, uh, the family, adopted into the family, and have the ability to worship. He could have left us in our sin, but instead... He withheld his mercy and by his grace drew us to himself, regenerated our hearts, and that should be enough to cause us to worship him and put aside uh, ourselves and whatever we think ought to take place. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, give me a second. I'm going to flip over to Galatians uh, chapter 4. Um, and, and, you know, going back to that, that quote, um, there was a... Um, I, I already said the, the quote that, um, that Dr. John MacArthur said about, um, worship and our theology. Um, but let me, I, I want to pull it up, um, specifically cause I, I, I love this. Uh, and th- again, this is Dr. Steve Lawson, um, as well. And this is kind of the same thing. The deeper we plunge into the word, the higher we rise in worship, mm. but shallow theology produces shallow doxology. And uh, a prime example of that for me personally um, is this. When we were studying, uh, and I told these guys this, and I I said this in the podcast too, when we were studying for the Order of Salus and studying the specific aspects of the Order of Salvation, something that I've known for years, but when I got to this section in Galatians, I had to stop and I was standing up when I read it and I had to sit down and, and, and got incredibly emotional. Galatians 4. Um, and uh, well, I'm going to back up to Galatians 3. And, and by the way, and, and uh, before, I, uh, before I was officially on staff at, at our church. I, uh, I was uh, volunteering in, in our volunteer appreciation dinner. I was, I was given the award 
uh, for most likely to read the <laughs> entire New Testament during worship. Um, right. and, uh, and, and, and so it's, it's continuing to prove true, but, um, but I love his word and, and, and you don't need more of my opinion and you don't need more of, of anything we have to say. We all need more of his word because it is life. It is the very mind of God, um, uh, itself. So, um, Galatians three, um, and this is, uh, starting in verse 23, he says that now, now before faith came, we were held captive under the law imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then, the law was our guardian until Christ came, in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. Now let's stop for a second. Remember who Paul's writing to. He's writing to the church at Galatia. So when he says all, he's referring to believers. Okay, um, but you are all sons of God through faith. Uh, verse twenty-seven: For as many as you were baptized into Christ have uh, have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek; there is neither slave nor free; there is n- there is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, offspring heirs according to promise. Moving into chapter 4. I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything. But he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. Um, And Paul also talks about that in Ephesians 2. Okay, Uh, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that he might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. So when I read that, man, and that whole section of Scripture about how I was under the law and I was a slave to the law because of sin, but when faith came and when when I was regenerated, justified, sanctified initially, that when I was adopted in, he has said, you are mine and you have all the rights thereof of what it means to be called my child. That, man, that wrecked me in a good way. So then the next Sunday, we're singing this song, beautiful song written by Andrew Peterson, Is He Worthy? Which if you just listen to half the song, it's like, what are you questioning whether or not he's worthy? But it's written completely out of Revelation 5. Um, and, and, and what, Man, it produced a doxological response in me that was deeper than any, honestly, than any moment I can really remember in the past five to seven years of true worship, where I would say, where I would say that 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 true worship, true bowing down in my heart, the the deepest one of the one of the deepest. I, I don't. I wouldn't say it's the only one. Thinking back now. But like one of the the, the most genuine and, and deepest in that moment of just going, He is worthy. You are everything, God, because because of who you are and what you have done for me that I don't deserve. And I I, I I'm trying to find some words to to truly articulate um, what kind of worship worshipful response um, that 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 brought. And it wouldn't have mattered, man, it wouldn't have mattered if we would have sung that song, or it wouldn't have mattered if we would have sung Holy, 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 which we're doing this Sunday, Uh, or How Great Is Our God, Mm. Holy Is the Lord, one of Tomlin's songs. You know, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have mattered what really, well, yeah, it would have mattered (laughs) what we would have, yeah, then, yeah, yeah, it would have. Uh, I'm thinking, really? (laughs) Cut. It would have mattered what we sang, but um, the response, the response, man, was just uh, was was deep. And so and so I, you know, I thought about later that quote um, by Lawson or MacArthur of of 
of truly, you know, you want your worship to go high, plunge your face, mind, and heart into God's Word yeah. and, 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 and pray diligently when you're doing it and just let it consume you. Um, and, and don't just read sections. I mean, read whole books of yes. Scripture. Yeah. You know, the book of Galatians was meant to be read as a letter. Yeah. Ephesians is written as a letter. Read all of it. Um, you know, it doesn't take that long. It really doesn't. I mean, 20 minutes um, to, to, to diligently, and, and, and for me, and, and it may, people may be able to do it faster. I'm, I'm a little bit of a slow reader. It does take me a while to read books. Um, but, yeah, man, just... Yeah, don't read Scripture just so you can come away with ammunition, just so you can come away with a good word. with uh, knowledge of certain subjects that you want, right? You're, you're studying predestination and election, so you're only going to study the chapters and verses that talk about I'm that. only going to read Ephesians 1 and right, yeah. Romans 8 and... But and now, now now that's it's not necessarily bad to study topically. That, well, and that's why we have chapters and verses. That's right. That's why we have to to make it easier. Yep. But when when you sit down to to study God's word as worship to engulf yourself in it, um, you want to give yourself to it, and you want to be careful that when you do that. And I used to do this. I used to do this so bad, uh, and on our on our Facebook page, what was it someone put today about, you know, if we could go back and talk to our... Oh, yeah, I posted that. Yeah. yeah what was it, it? Go ahead. Looking at for posts from when we first became believers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, look, we don't know it all, and, and Nick, Nick said this wonderfully, we don't know diddly-poo. That's right. We don't know a little bit about a little bit, and we're not trying to pull anything out of our cans, and we don't think that we are anything special. It is by the grace of God that he has illuminated some of these things that we have had the privilege of talking about and, that, that, and had the privilege of you listening to. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but but don't, I, don't read Scripture and insert yourself Yes, that, in and that's it. a... That you picked up exactly where I was going. Yeah, um, is David the, and Goliath is not about you. That's right. Don't read scripture to find out how this applies to me, because that's worshiping yourself. Read scripture to see how and what it says about God, right. and how you are to come to God to worship Him. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. A- amen, amen, and right on, and and. and I think it's important too um, to say, you know, that when we're reading scripture as a form of worship, that the temptation can be to make it about us, and that's now that's not saying there's not application. Absolutely, absolutely, right. and, yeah. and 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 let me just say this, and 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 uh, I'm not the only one to say this, um, and I think Ag would would affirm this. Well, in fact, I don't think I know he will because we've talked about it. But there's only one true mm-hmm. interpretation right. of God's word. Mm-hmm. Many different applications. Um, and the struggle, admittedly, for everybody can be, how do we interpret right. this? Because yeah, yeah. um, you will find when you're studying Scripture, if there's a, if there's a section of, um, of, of Scripture that you're just like, I just don't get that, um, you know, we can recommend a g- couple of great study Bibles is typically where I start. Yeah. Um, just going, I have no idea what that's saying or what that's about. I'll start in study Bibles, and then I'll branch out from there if, yeah. the study, if I want to know more about that, I will dig into commentaries and, mm-hmm. and theologians throughout church history, mm-hmm. trusted theologians right. throughout church history uh, who have uh, sought to humbly um, in, interpret to the best of their ability uh, that the Lord has given them. And, and I will say this, uh, from having to write papers where mm-hmm. you have to deal with multiple arguments, is it is also beneficial to read some pretty bad commentaries too because when you read them you can actually see the error right and and it becomes easier to pick out yeah 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 and then i mean and that's and that's it i mean her, hermeneutics it, it, it's it's a big deal yeah um it's a it's a it's a huge deal it's a um, now from what just from my experience and i'm sure you've experienced too and any other reformed pastor or someone who's reformed in leadership, 
what they've noticed, what we've noticed, is that when we come to Scripture or we come to God or worship or soteriology, people have the wrong starting point. People tend to start, because of our, our sinful nature, because of our selfish nature as, uh, as fallen creatures, uh, we want to start with ourself rather than starting with God and then seeing how we measure up to God. So we need to start with God first. In the beginning, God. That's right. We need to start with God, and then we need to look at ourselves in relation to who God is. Yeah, um, and a, a great resource uh, that I uh, have heard about that I, I want to get, but I haven't gotten it yet. Um, I'm looking it up, and then I'll tell you what it is. Um, but while I'm looking it up, I'll, uh, I'll say you're absolutely right. It all has to start with theology proper. That's right. The doctrine of God has to be page one. However... And that's why if you pick up a, even bad systematic theology books, but if you pick up a systematic theology book, it starts with God. It starts with theology proper, which is the, which is the doctrine of God. And, um, but what you have to also be careful, and this is the beauty of the church, right? Iron sharpens iron. This is the beauty of us having one another, is that we can bounce these things off of each other and be like, hey, I was reading this commentary by Pope John Paul the 58th, and we're going to, and he started with the doctrine of God too. Well, great. Okay. The doctrine of God is also page one on Roman Catholic and Roman Catholic commentaries. But like R.C. Sproul used to say, you got to continue to maintain that doctrine of God on page two and page three Mm -hmm. and page four. Which Um, is, which is on our, the, the podcast about, um, charismania when, before, when we got started, Nick read, through Ephesians, he, mm-hmm. Ephesians five, mm-hmm. and he said, "Okay, no, so now when when we continue to move forward and look at all these things, we have to filter them through all this. through Ephesians four. Yep, yeah, yep, Ephesians four. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. yep. Um, this uh, this and and I I quoted uh, Stephen Charnock in in our episode because we're talking about. I mean, this is all we're kind of still talking about worship. Well, we are. Um, I quoted Stephen Charnock in that episode, um, but uh, this this book that I want to get is called "The Existence and the Attributes of God" by Stephen Charnock, and he's a Puritan writer. And if you know the Puritans, they never really get to the bottom of anything. Um, it's it's a it's a it's a it, it will be something that you, from what I understand, as I've only read snippets of it just online, um, but the snippets that I read, wow. Um, it will completely help you, um, but then challenge you on what you um, already believe as far as the attributes of God. So, A.G., as far as uh, uh, Scripture, of course, um, man, what are you... Uh, I have a couple, couple questions. So, in Scripture, what are you studying? What was the last thing, or what are you currently studying right now um, in Scripture that made you just sit back in your seat or fall to your knees and worship God, um, and, 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 or helped enhance um, uh, a, a doctrine in Scripture, or, or something like that. Like, so what, you know what I'm asking, I'll shut yeah. up. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's several things, just because I'm going through uh, Romans with my family, teaching that to my family, um, and we've been in Romans chapter one for the past like three months. That's awesome. I mean, it's just because we're following the Steve Lawson's, uh, Dr. Lawson's know, popular on this. He is popular, man, but, uh, we're following his, his, his men's Bible study. So I'll go in and I'll listen to it and I'll take copious notes and then I'll just bring it out and teach it to my family because it's helped me grow and it's, I know it's going to help them grow. Um, and then we, we kind of have a discussion and we, we, we look at the application and how it leads us to worship. Um, but I'm also, I'm, I'm in a class, a homiletics class uh, for preaching. And the passage that I have to do is Philippians 1, 12 through 18. And nice. thinking about that, how Paul starts off verse 12 talking about he rejoices in his his imprisonment, yeah. and that his suffering and his imprisonment has served to advance the gospel. Well, mm. when you stop there and you think about 
how your suffering is used by God because we have a, a response to our suffering. Correct. Right? We can't control um, the, the trials that are going to come, but right. we can how we, how we respond to them. And it's mm. all about our perspective and how we view God. Either we view God as sovereign and holy and that he's in control and we need to be diligently following after him. Right. And, and, and then trust that he's going to take care of us, no matter whether that leads us to our death or, or it leads us to long life. Right. Uh, we need to be trusting in him. But, uh, or we can, we can get angry and we can shut ourselves off mm. and, and we can not do anything. But seeing Paul, who, who was the Pharisee of Pharisees, mm-hmm. you know, he, sa- he even said, you know, if anyone, you know, was righteous, it was it him. It was me. It was him, yeah. you know. So, but seeing him, how God changed him, took him out to proclaim the gospel to the Gentiles, and then now he's in prison for, for proclaiming the gospel to the Gentiles, been stoned, right, left for dead, got up, went right back into the city that threw him out. He's been imprisoned. I mean, in this, in Philippians, you know, because it talks about him in this, in this section, how he is chained, uh, well, it doesn't say he's chained, but he's preached to the imperial guard, Mm. but the, the context of it is where he's in prison, he is chained to a guard all day. He's writing this letter while he's chained to a guard, talking about how the gospel has gone out, been proclaimed throughout the entire imperial guard. Now, that is all the hand-picked 10,000 guards of Caesar's court. So every guard that comes and is chained to him for however long they're chained to him, they're hearing the gospel, the gospel. And, and they can't get away because <laughs> they're chained to him, okay? Okay. <clears throat> But not only that, so they leave and they go out to their families, they go wherever, they go back to the palace, and the gospel's still being spread through them. It's, and he says it's serving, his imprisonment is serving to advance the gospel. He's taking this, the trial and the situation for being faithful to God, and he's still using it to be faithful to God. And look at what, look at, okay, two things stand out when, I, when I'm listening to you talk about this. Number one, I can see your face and I see how fired up you're getting mm-hmm. and I love it. Um, and so two things stand out there. Uh, his, his response, mm-hmm. okay, um, his trust in the sovereignty of the Lord um, and, and the fact that, yes, that, that, and that, that's incredible. But something, something I think that we've been trying to drive home and why we have been, why we started this podcast and why we, uh, and the conversations that the three of us are having about it, why we're continuing to do it and, and, and tackling the topics that we are, is because if you just read that in Philippians, surface level, mm-hmm. you don't know how many guards there were. That's right. You don't know, uh, you don't, how often do we just read that passage mm-hmm. and gloss right over that? Okay, yes, my, my imprisonment was served to advance the gospel. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah, we did the that. Imperial guard. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Imperial this Guard. Yeah, the Imperial Guard. Yep, it was the guard. It was yeah. one guard. Yeah. It was five guards. It's like, no, you don't understand. You don't understand what Paul went through. You don't, you're not stopping long enough to, to let the Word of God dwell in you richly. That's right. And for that to contribute to your own personal doxology and going even through Paul saying, if anyone deserved to be righteous, it was me. Look at what I've done. Look at the family I was born into. I knew this. I knew that. I did this. I did that. I went to this school. I was educated in this way. Um, And, and, and dude, oh man, see, and and that's what we're talking about, how you can be reading your scripture Mm -hmm. and not worshiping God. That's right. That's why the Bereans were counted more noble than anyone else because they daily, diligently searched the scriptures. Yeah, and then going back to, to Romans one, right? Paul's writing to the the, the Romans, the, the believers in Rome, and he's never met them yet. Right. He, right. He, yeah. he's, he's talking about how he longs to come to them and longs to see them because he's never met them. He's never come there, but he's talking about their faith. He is encouraged by people he's never met by their faith because Rome was the cesspool of sin at the time. 
because you've heard the saying, all roads lead to Rome. Right. And that's because Rome was a trade city. Everyone came through and passed through Rome to get to wherever they were going. Right. So you had people from all over coming through Rome, and the Romans, with their faith, are proclaiming the gospel throughout Rome, and it's taking it out. It's taking it out to the world. Mm. And so Paul is writing to them, encouraging them about their faith. But he's also giving them uh, reminders, Romans 1 through 11, Mm -hmm. of what God has done. Right. And then in 12 through 16, he tells them, basically as a reiteration of what you're doing, okay, continue to do this. Mm -hmm. This is how you are to live. So he (laughs) encourages them in the beginning, tells them about what God has done, and then says, okay, now this is how you're going to live, as to continue living this way. Yeah. Man, awesome. So, okay, so my next question is, um, what is a a book that either you've recently read or are reading um, that, uh, that, that people listening can go, man, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta pick that up. I know one Man. that you've mentioned that I can't wait to get, but I'm going to let you answer the question your way. Uh, now I'm trying to think, because I mentioned a lot of books. To it's you, the one so you just got. One I just, the Great oh, Awakening. The Great Awakening, yeah. yeah. yeah but, but if it's not that, I mean, don't, no, don't I mean, to answer that. So, so I do like The Great Awakening because I, I, I love Whitfield and I love Jonathan Edwards. Um, and just that time and and I'm loving church history right now. Yeah, and and what was going on in America, in New England, and and just the fire of George Whitfield mm. and Jonathan Edwards just coming through and proclaiming the truth. Um, that's really good. I've only made it through chapter one, but it's yeah. a, it's great to give. It's giving a lot of backstory, uh, and it's it's some of it's pretty heavy. Like you've got to read it twice yeah to make sure you understand it and to get through it um so the great awakening um that banner of truth just put out it's really good um one of my absolute favorites which just fuels my fire for preaching is uh steve lawson's biography on john knox um i'm about halfway through it it amazing i absolutely love john knox from his uh being a guard uh of george wishart he was a bodyguard. He was a yeah, bodyguard for awesome, George man. Wishart that carried around a two-handed claymore that while Wishart was preaching, uh, he would swing this this sword <laughs> the whole time just to keep people away who wanted to kill him. Um, and then once oh, Wishart man. dies, um, John Knox, I mean, I mean, there's there's a period of time where, you know, he's confirmed where he's supposed to be a preacher and he, he goes up into his room and he cries because he knows the weight Right of of the mantle yep. he's got to take on, but then there's a time where he's kidnapped, and it just shows God's multiple providence. times. Yeah, he's kidnapped, yeah. thrown on a ship to work as a slave by God's providence. He's on this on the ship long enough to learn French, ends up under the teaching of John Calvin yep. in Geneva, yep. and then he takes the Reformation to Scotland. Yeah, uh, and just the boldness of him to. Uh, stand down in front of Mary, Queen of Scots. Bloody and, Mary. And well, No, this is... That wasn't the, Bloody Mary? No, it's her cousin. Oh, okay, um, okay, okay. So Bloody Mary had really already died by okay. the time... I haven't Mary, gone there yet. Because Queen Elizabeth is is the Queen of England. Um, Even still. After, at, Well, Queen Elizabeth <laughs> was... She was a Protestant. Um, so she she was on the side of, of the Reformation. Right, yep. Um, but Mary, Queen of Scots, was very much uh, pro-Catholic. So John Knox is in her her castle, her palace, her chambers, staring her down to her face, condemning her idols. I mean, that's bold. And this this took place over like seven different meetings that they had. Like the first couple were kind of cordial. Yeah. And then it just the fire was lit like I'm okay, I I was nice before. Now I'm laying down right. the hammer. Yeah. Um so so Steve Lawson's John Knox is really good. Um Gosh, there, there's a ton of books that I've that I'm slowly reading through. Mm-hmm. Um, Reform preaching by uh, Joel Beakey uh, is is really good. I'm only through the first chapter in that. Um, I got through the introduction on that. I haven't haven't yeah, gotten very far um, yet. I got too many books at G3. I know. Yeah, 
Um, and, and all the books I got at G three, most of them I can't start yet because I've got other ones I've got to I've got to do. Yep. Um, there's one. There's another one on preaching. Um, Is it H P Charles? No, that one's on pastoring that I got. But he does have one yeah. on on developing sermons. But there, it's another book on developing sermons, and it I'm reading it just because I'm taking homiletics right now. Oh, there's there is one I just got that off of a. Uh, Paul Washer mentioned it at G3. Um, it's called the uh, Today's Gospel Authentic or Synthetic by Walter Chantry. Um, and I've got through the first chapter in this, and it is, it's pretty heavy. Yeah. Um, I mean, basically, I mean, it's right out of the gate, punches you in the face. Yeah. So you're like, oh, okay, well, I guess I gotta keep <laughs> reading that then. Um, but there's, I mean, there's, and, and and the point the point of me asking this question is not to you know look knowledge it's in scripture that knowledge can puff up and that's not that's not all what 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 we're getting at or, or aiming oh, for. Oh, and uh, Charles Hodges' systematic theology. Oh yeah, I've had yeah, to read yeah. a lot through that yeah. lately. That and Calvin's Institutes. Um, Calvin's Institutes, but is uh, solid, man. yeah. Um, oh oh oh, another really good biography. Uh, Here I stand, uh, Roland Bainson. On Martin Luther, R.C. Sproul talked about that. Um, yeah. That being one of his it's favorite. Probably, it's probably not the best one on Luther, but it's very good. It is very good. Yeah, yeah. I heard R.C. Sproul talking mm-hmm. about that in the open book podcast that he did with Stephen Nichols. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, so those. That's just kind of what I'm reading right now. I I have to dig into a lot of Charles Hodges' systematic theology and um, Michael Horton's Christian faith, mm-hmm. which is a systematic theology, mm-hmm. um, and and. Calvin's Institutes. So I've yeah. I've been digging into a a lot of systios, not because I want to, but out of necessity. I've yeah. I've, I've been having to yep. lately. So uh, reading for recreation is very uh, no time for it. Yeah, but you enjoy it. So I yeah. mean, it's kind of a yeah. Yeah. kind of a double win, mm. win win. Yeah, and I really I I do enjoy reading on church history and yeah. and biographies. Yeah. So. If you want a good set on church history, is uh, Nick Needham's Two Thousand Years of Christ Power. It's four volumes, and he ta- he starts you off right um, after the Book of Acts. Like, nice. I mean, he starts you off planning of the church, and then gets takes you right through early church fathers and um, all the way up to as close as you can get to modern day. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's hard to write stuff. Uh, to the present day because things right. are constantly changing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just started um, The Year of Our Lord um, by uh, uh, Sinclair Ferguson. Mm. Um, so, and then uh, I, I really want to read his book, The Whole Christ. Yeah, I've got that. Do you? Uh, I, re- I, want, I want to read that one. So, but for me, it's been, uh, man, reading through First Peter, um, uh, just the... The section when it talks about uh, the way that Christ responded, um, how he left us an example, and he committed no sin, no deceit was found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he didn't revile in return. He just entrusted himself to the one who justifies or, or judges faithfully. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that, and, and I already shared with you guys Galatians 4, um, those have been the two things that have just, man, just made me stop and just, um, number one, it's an admonishment and um, and in the encouragement and, and as far as the not reviling when reviled in, or not reviling in return when reviled is a little bit of a like, ooh yeah, I do that. Um, <laughs> but as far as books, man, um, uh, living waters, uh, by, uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones, um, and, uh, one that I've, I'm, I'm plowing through, um, as the death of death and the death of Christ by John Owen and, uh, man. Uh, tackles the subject of um, how the death of Christ um, is not a universal, as in all men, every man that's ever existed. Um, it is definitely for the elect. It's definitely a focused uh, sacrifice, uh, but then how it applies to um, you know the rain falling on the just and the unjust. And so just the forward alone was by J.I. Packer, and it took a while to get through that. Um, so... Uh, but that, and the same, I mean, same thing, um, I've been diving into a lot of systematic theology books, Wayne Grudem, Systematic Theology, Biblical Doctrine by John MacArthur and Dick Mayhew, um, uh, reading through the book that we referenced in the, the Reckless Love, Reckless Worship podcast, uh, Worship, The Ultimate Priority, diving back into that mm-hmm. for the fourth time. 
Um, this is, it is so good. Uh, it's so rich to your soul. Um, trying to think, um, uh, strange fire. Yeah. Uh, flipping back through that defining, defining deception, deception. Yeah. costing him. Yeah. The thing about defining deception, man, is just, it's a page turner. It really it's is. It's written very man. well. It reads so easy. So and, well written. And then you're just like, well, I got to know what happens next. <laughs> yeah. What's next? What's, yeah. And before you know it, you've read through more than half the book and, yeah, and it's and it's full of I mean scripture quotes, but then scripture references for you to go look up on your own, and uh, that's been that's been uh, incredibly incredibly rich. Um, and then what I'm listening to, um, I'm listening to a lot. Uh, I mean Shane and Shane uh, did a hymns record um, uh, before the before the end of 2018, and they just recorded a live version of that record that just released uh, a week ago. Um, Man, you want to talk about just rich theology put to excellent arrangements, singable um, melodies, and, and we've been doing a lot of that here at church. Um, uh, so I've been listening to a lot of that. And then, man, I just honestly, too, man, I get in the car, and, and it's just like I, what I turn on uh, as far as music is I'll turn on Together for the Gospel live recordings where it's just Bob Coughlin from Sovereign Grace on a piano with a room of 5,000 men mm. singing hymns, mm. uh, modern and ancient. And, um, you know, uh, Robbie Saband as uh, a buddy uh, here at, uh, who is on our worship team uh, here at, at, uh, at church, who's, uh, he and I have been sending each other uh, Robbie Saband songs. Um, so, um, yeah, man. I just kind of thought we'd talk about that from a, yeah. hey, here's what we're listening to, here's what we're reading. Yeah, yeah, um, no, that's good. So. Yeah, I think people should know what we're yeah. diving into. And yeah, and it's like and again, not that we're the be all and end all. It's just like I mean, but we get asked, "Hey, what do you guys, mm-hmm. you know, where yeah. can I find a good study on Romans?" We were just asked that. Right, where where yeah. can I? Yeah, what are you guys listening to and music wise? What are you reading? And so mm. there you go. Yeah. Well, this has been a fun impromptu uh, episode on matter of theology. Um, if you have anything that you want us to discuss, maybe if you're like, hey, uh, just turn on the microphones and, you know, wing this one. We want to see what you come up with with that. You know, we could probably do that, too. Take that in, depending on what it is. Yeah. If, you're, if you're like, yeah, dive into the book of Revelation without any note, like, mm. yeah, that ain't going to work. Um, I, would, I would not dare <laughs> yeah, uh, right. to, 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 no. That's right. Uh, no. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, so, but we hope you enjoyed we hope that it blesses you. Yeah. We hope that things that we suggested that we're reading, um, we hope that you pick up some of those books. Or and let us know what you're reading. Yeah, if you're out there look, and yeah. on our socials and, and hey, here's what I'm reading. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you've got any suggestions for us. Yeah. Like, hey, I think you guys should read this because, you know, it might change your perspective on this. I mean, probably not, but but you're welcome to try. Uh so, but yeah, feel free to send us book recommendations, or if you want to know about, you know, hey, what do you guys think about such and such author or such yeah. and such, blah, blah, blah. Well, I mean, we'll research them, you know, that's... And again, not that we're the, the bottom rung of, you know, of, uh, of, of discernment, but we'll answer your questions. Yeah. Happily. Yep. So, go in peace. Be well, blessed. That's grace. We love you guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Good day.